mythology friends i'm kate i'm jen and i'm the other jen and we're the drunk mythology, drunk mythology gals, mythology gals. <laughs> Even finished. I was laughing so hard. I zoomed right through there on you guys. Yeah, I noticed that was her new play because usually just try to make it go slow. I do, and yeah, you know the endless ingenuity of a Ravenclaw looking to disrupt shit. Oh yeah, you know what? I'm just realizing though that this will never ever be like where we're actually trying to do it right. Like I'm trying to do it right, but like I see now, it's just never going to happen. No, no. Because if I told you, if it does. The boom goes the space-time continuum. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> you know, the order of the universe. <laughs> Speaking of the order of the universe, we are shaking it up today because we have our first guest. Yay! Yay! And I'm really excited for this guest. Yeah. Partly because her name is kind of like mine. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to turn it actually over to... Uh, surprise, <laughs> original Jen to introduce yeah. our guest. Yeah. So yeah, today we have uh, author Kat Rector. Yay! Who, uh, yeah, welcome, Kat. <laughs> Hi. And uh, yeah, we're like super excited to have you on. Um, she has a, a book coming out called The Goddess of Nothing at All, which uh, I love a, that title. Yes. It's just a gorgeous title. And um yeah, so it's about Sigyn, you know, from the point of view, uh, the Norse mythology retelling. And I don't know why I'm talking about your book for you. I feel like. Oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Here's the, summarizing my own book is a nightmare. Please go on. <laughs> Did someone mention blurb writing? <laughs> <laughs> but um, would you like to tell us uh, just uh, a little bit about uh, like when your release date is? Uh, so the book get- and where you're from yeah. and all that good stuff. You know, all the all the basics. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am a fantasy writer normally, a little bit of horror in there every once in a while. And I like to write a lot about uh, things like morally great choices and the way humans are good and bad to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, my debut novel is The Goddess of Nothing at All, which, as said, is the Norse myths from the point of view of Sigyn, Loki's wife. So it gets to be like a nice mix of sarcastic humor and also death and destruction <laughs> just, just a little you know bit which that. is always yeah, the best combination i mean look at game <laughs> of thrones <laughs> except for the last season yeah. I, mean, I was gonna say it but <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so the- um if i'm if i remember what uh original jen said you are in belgium right I am. I'm originally technically Canadian. I am here. My spouse is Belgian. So I have been living over here for like six years now. Oh, wow. Which which is like a very short piece of a lifetime, but also a long time when you're learning a language and trying to figure out how to order the right foods at like the drunk food store. (laughs) because they have these like fry shops and it's all just like mystery meats and i still i can't i can't do it i I don't know how (laughs) so um i i actually uh studied i grew up speaking french i like took the lazy way out in college and actually uh majored in french and you know i've lived in france um off and on and uh, you know the one thing i noticed like when you're in France, there's a very distinctive like Parisian accent. You go to Quebec and Mont- Montreal and you know <laughs> Quebec City, and oh my gosh, wow, totally different accent. I can't understand a thing they're saying. And mm. I would imagine that in Belgium, it's somewhat similar. Well, it's they have like an interesting thing here with the languages, where it's it's the same relationship um, because. One side of Belgium is Dutch, which is the side I'm on, and then the Ooh. other side is French. And oh, wow. Belgians oh, so have you're the on same the side. relationship. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the, I'm on the Dutch side, but the it, the French thing is super similar to the way that Quebec relates to the rest of Canada. So there's like uh-huh. this just language culture war constantly, and Aww. they basically refuse to learn each other's languages a lot of the time. So. <laughs> Oh, wow. It's just like Brussels <laughs> stuck in the middle, and then like 
when my spouse gets together with his French side friends, they just speak English because they're like, you know, this is easier. So <laughs> that's hilarious. So wait, so you're on the side of Belgium that doesn't believe in vowels. I mean, ba- yeah, basically. And I, uh, the, the dialect here is different from the dialect in the north of the Netherlands. And it, it's it's a whole time. Wow. And for a population that's probably smaller than New York City or something like it just it, it always amazes me, like how these tiny pockets of population are retain their language. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna say, Leon de Bruxelles was the uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the volonté. Uh, yeah, it's a muscle. Okay, it's gonna, a, don't give us an instance where we need subtitles. I, I was gonna no, say, I'm like, just saying, Leon de Bruxelles is a Belgian, like, okay. fast food restaurant chain. Oh, I was gonna say this sounded really pretentious. All of a no, sudden, right? no, right? No, it's like the Applebee's of Belgium. And okay. I just, I, I want to know, have you eaten there? I have eaten at the other chain and maybe, I don't know, like it might be like the same chain under a different name, but they have Mm -hmm. the quick. It's like their version of McDonald's on this side. So I'm constantly getting shoved into the quick because it is the place that there is no line. There's like a Burger King with a line and a McDonald's with a line. And then this place with no one inside. So sounds yeah. dubious. Yeah, that that might be telling. What there might be a reason there's no line. Yeah, there might be. <laughs> it's kind of like when people in France are like, "Let's go get pizza." And you're like, "No. No. <laughs> let's not." <laughs> so, <clears throat> because we're going to be <laughs> So, I'm just going to jump right in and say, "You oh, know yeah. what? Let's Get back to our episode now that we've explored all of our cultural Mm -hmm. differences. (laughs) So, so what? Hitting early, baby. Yeah. Okay. So, what? So, East Coast United States for Jen and I, it is a little bit after two p.m. in the afternoon. So, Kat, what time is it for you right now? It is eight thirty. Okay. And and what would be your eight thirty p.m. drink of the evening? I am drinking uh, raspberry mead, which I got Ooh. at a comic convention back when that was a thing that we still did. And there's <laughs> a uh, yes, there's a lovely German <laughs> man who brings over all these like homebrewed meads, and there's like forty different flavors. And so every time we go there, I just like take a bag and stock up for the year. Oh my so, god, homebrew like that shit's strong. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I'm taking it slow. <laughs> it says it's 11%, but at the way I consume alcohol and my tolerance level, it's about a 50. So. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Jen, is it the usual? I, I, I have my flamingo cup and tepid water just because it's tradition okay. at this point. Yes. Yeah. But I also made a cup of coffee. Because I am living on the edge. I can like double fisting? <laughs> Pretty much. I can hear the palpitations from here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, little, that little wave on Zencaster is actually your tachycardia. <laughs> hey, it was better than, remember the, the when I was like, I had three espressos Oh that my day. God, oh. that episode was off the chain. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a good one. Um, I... I'm actually right there with OG today. I wow. I have a glass with tepid water. It's just a plain mm-hmm. pint glass. Um, but I also, I had espresso earlier Ooh. today. Oh, Jesus. In, in the form. Odin, I mean. In the form of a <laughs> pumpkin spice latte. Oh, is it that time again? It, it is. That time. Oh, shit. That means our August. store is going to get it. Oh, no. <laughs> I got me- my first PSL of the season today, like like an hour before I sat down. Yeah, so it's yeah. Did you did you know about the fake pumpkin spice hack for the rest of the year? No, no, it's part white mocha, part chai latte, and you can. It doesn't taste the same, 
but, but pretty close. It's, it's close enough that people ask for it. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Fake pumpkin Yay. spice. <laughs> this is the info we need. <laughs> right? Let it not be said that this podcast isn't educational. Mm. <laughs> Kate, what's in your cup? You know, in honor of our first guest, I broke out the good shit. Ooh. I'm drinking bullet bourbon. Oh, wow. At, at what? It's like 10 a.m.? <laughs> it's 1123. <laughs> Almost lunch. You know well, what? You know what? you know what? It's been a week. And you know what else? And and it's for Odin. And I think he'd approve. Uh, Odin is looking down on me. Hi, buddy. (laughs) Hi, Odin. (laughs) Sorry, man. I didn't mean any of the uh, the things I put in my book. I'm sorry. Yeah, same. (laughs) You're like, oh, I don't know, page two? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, yeah, so we're we're trying to figure out how to incorporate praises for Odin so he won't screw with our technology. We even um over on Facebook one of our listeners, Noreen, she left a message that Odin even screwed up with her listening side of our our podcast. She's like the technology just went kaput and I, I couldn't finish listening. It's, it's been kind of weird. Uh, hi, Odin. We love you. And you know what? Noreen, like, we love you too. And, and Odin, just leave Virginia alone. Okay? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Although I, I, knowing the Basenjis as I do, uh, I kind of wonder if Queen Time might have, like, I don't know, unplugged something just for pure spite. So... <laughs> <clears throat> Anyway, that will bring us to our disclaimer. Do not drink and drive cars, chariots, eight-legged horses, uh, special guests. uh (laughs) (laughs) I do have a sequel to write. Please don't drink and drive me. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. So with that, uh, let's get started. A long time ago, when the world was young... So I know we already, uh, you know, broke the ice a bit about, uh, you know, <laughs> the goddess of nothing at all. But I thought now would be a good time to maybe dig a little bit deeper. I've been, you know, lucky enough to read it. Um, and I thought maybe we could just kind of explain a little bit more about the book. I know, like, that's the worst. I know I'm asking you, like, the worst question ever <laughs> to ask an author. <laughs> the one we I mean, all maybe. authors hate. <laughs> yeah. I apologize. Not really. I, I, I accept your fake apology. Thank you. <laughs> Um, that was a fake thank you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a, that was I was not as sarcastic as I should have been. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. Okay, I accept. I love uh-huh. you. Uh, the book is my. I mean, I I keep calling it my little baby, but I mean, it is a chonking like 450 page book. Yeah. Um, so little is really a dishonest descriptor, uh, but it is essentially a story that goes from just before Sigyn is meeting Loki for the first time and carries on through the myths up until Ragnarok itself. And it is essentially for me at least, an exploration of themes like fate and love and the things that we do in the very best intentions and things that don't always work out because Loki's involved and uh, we all know how that pie chart goes. (laughs) I think it's more of a Venn diagram, like good intentions plus chaos and in the middle is Loki. (laughs) That would be yep. the best Venn diagram. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna have yeah. to make this. I'm, I'm, I'm writing it down. All right. <laughs> That's what I love about you because I will never take notes on this. <laughs> and like, I mean, that's one thing though I really loved about the book though is that exploration there about you know good intentions <laughs> because I felt like a lot of the characters, like most of them, had good intentions, but it didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> 
No, it, it, it usually doesn't if I'm involved. Um, I love the concept of characters that everyone is the hero of their own story because, I mean, mm -hmm. that's relatively true to our own experience as well. Like, no matter what's going on on the other side, we don't see the other side of the story. We only see ours and we're doing things mm -hmm. that we think are correct and right and justified. And mm -hmm. that's kind of part of what I wanted to do with this book is have all these gods with their own agendas who are doing things that are mm -hmm. justified to them, but end up hurting a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, isn't lot. it... <laughs> I, I was going to ask, you know, because I know um, one of the little tenets of writing instruction is a, a good villain is someone who has the right intentions, but takes it too far. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I don't, uh, no offense, Odin, but <laughs> Odin, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Just saying. So, no smiting. <laughs> no, no, no smiting, no technical difficulties. I'm just saying I admire that about you. So, how, you know, how did you find restraint in yourself? Like, how, how do you restrain yourself from like putting your own, like, bias in there? Like, he's an asshole. So I'm just gonna like, completely write him as an asshole. You know, how do you hold back on the emotion of that? I mean, th this book definitely for anybody who knows me is, is just covered in my own bias. It's I'm, you know, upfront <laughs> about that, but like part of the key with Odin, I think was having him without spoiling too much, like having him really be in the background doing his thing mm -hmm. because the story, mm -hmm. every other story is about him. That's fine. Mm -hmm. He, you know, all these other retellings, he's got lots of limelight that didn't matter to me at all, mm -hmm. but being able to kind of, keep his intentions mysterious, trying to make sure that um, there are several characters in the book that I didn't really want to give away their inner workings. It wasn't, it, it comes into play later, but we're focusing on Sian, so they mm -hmm. get to do all their dastardly shit in the background mm -hmm. and <laughs> we can figure that out when it's time. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, Odin, if you don't do the research, looks like this like really squeaky clean guy. Like, oh, he's very heroic and he's, you know, the 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 hero of war and all this other stuff, but like there is nothing in the myths in the research that I read that I was like, yeah, I want to be this guy's bestie. Not a, not a <laughs> oh thing. <my. laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry man. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean especially like the sacrifice part to him like that. That's a bit of a downer. Like if you want to be that guy's friend. <laughs> yeah. And then just with <laughs> concepts like, um, sure, he takes the most skilled warriors to Valhalla, but in order to go to Valhalla, you have to die, which means he had to favor the other side. So he turns on absolutely every soul that he collects. Like, that's, oh, that's not really my idea of loyalty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's really all about his own protection. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because, Fucking like, that, that ultimate goal... <laughs> That ultimate yeah. goal is just to like gather enough people to stave off Ragnarok in the end and protect him and his people. So d did he ever really care? He's just, you know, fattening up the pigs, as it were, letting them fight longer and in order to collect them later. Mm -hmm. I wonder if this is going to get me canceled. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, speaking of backlash, though, you know, I do. I, I'm always curious about... Uh, you know, looking at cultural trends and especially, you know, sort of feminist retellings or female perspective, even if it's not like technically feminist, but, you know, that's something we do here on Drunk Mythology Gals is we, you know, we don't hold back <laughs> on <laughs> No, anything. we don't. <laughs> but, but also, you know, just looking at myths and saying, well, maybe there's another side to this. Maybe, you know, like say... Like in Norse mythology, Sigyn's mentioned how many times? Like two, one, two times. One it's and not a much, half, right? I think. Okay, yeah. So you know, and and yet you look at, um, you look at fan fiction, and there's a whole like tens of thousands of stories that people have written because 
they heard about Segan and they're like, she should have a story. So, you know, I'm wondering, have you encountered uh, any backlash or, you know, what kind of support are you getting for your, her side, her story retelling? I think right now I'm blessed enough to be so um, relatively unknown at this moment that I have yet to feel that like true backlash. Most people have been so supportive. They have, I've had a lot of beta readers and like my, uh, my uh, critique partner, they see in Sigan a lot of things about themselves, which Mm -hmm. I consider like the biggest compliment I could possibly Mm -hmm. be given that they have been trying so hard all their lives to achieve certain things. They feel like they've been held back. They feel like people don't listen to them. They Mm -hmm. just identify with some of the stuff that I've managed to at least remotely portray in her. And that's really, I'd rather have people that women and non-binary people who identify with Sigan than to like placate people whose stories they've already gotten all of you know these these Hercules and Odin and Zeus mm-hmm. and like all these retellings that that celebrate the male perspective on these things and mm-hmm. I'm completely fine if people are not going to enjoy my book because of the path that I've chosen to take mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Uh, like it's been done already it's fine they can have that <laughs> this is for us mm-hmm. yeah absolutely yeah and like. But that's what I also appreciate about like your book is though that you did take that step to like give her a voice because she doesn't have one. <laughs> no. I mean, like you said, she's only mentioned like what one and a half times in the myths. Um so it's I don't know, it's just for me what I've been seeing though is like like you said like you're getting a lot of support and and praise from a lot of people though for like like you said people are really relating to her. And I think that's really, you know, important and just um I, yeah I, I just I'm just really happy that you that you did this and wrote this book and that um you could let her be heard finally because like that's one thing even for me I tried to do a little bit even though I took you know from the point of view of Loki because I mean there's just a lot of different uh views of her that other people have taken <laughs> yeah yeah um, there are so many views that I, I mean, we have had this conversation about there are perspectives on Sigan where she's a child bride or an yeah. abused spouse or mm-hmm. like just views that hinge on Loki being this Lucifer character, yeah. which like, okay, yeah, fine. Did bad things. Not denying Loki does bad things, <laughs> but it's really hinges on this idea that, that he would be the world's worst spouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and doesn't doesn't give her any agency at all over her own life, and like mm-hmm. also doesn't give any agency to the idea that Loki is a handsome, smart person who could probably mm-hmm. get a decent wife that he probably liked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe a little credit to both of them. Mm-hmm. Like, ah. Yeah, that was the thing that always got me about a lot of uh, other choices that were made with with hers. That like they always forced her and Loki together. And it's like, but why? Mm -hmm. Well, so, okay. This brings up a, an interesting parallel um, with Greek mythology, because if, if Sigyn is the goddess of fidelity, quote unquote, um, you know, she's paired with her exact opposite. And Mm -hmm. in mythology, it, you know, which is also, reflected in philosophy across the world, like you have all these different pairings of opposites like yin and yang, uh, Hades and Persephone, uh, Ares, the god of war, and Aphrodite, the goddess of love. They are married in Greek mythology. So, you know, I I feel like there's something about fidelity and chaos that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Again, it's the push-pull attraction that everybody seems to have noticed. So, you know, how did you approach the concept of fidelity, both philosophically and also from a perspective of the actual mythology, and then trying to, you know, shoehorn that into the story? (laughs) It, I mean, Sigyn was 
the product of two different things that I wanted to do, which was to kind of highlight that whole fidelity versus chaos thing, and also to give her a story that gives her a lot of agency, unlike some of these other versions that take it away. Mm-hmm. So what I kind of did when I went into the the construction of her character, because she was one of the only characters that I had to really build from zero, was who who was the kind of person that fits both fidelity, that has um, great values for herself, and also is the kind of person that a chaotic Loki character would fall in love with and respect. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. took like four drafts to really get there. So mm-hmm. it was a long process, but I wanted to also make sure that while she was being loyal and loving of her entire family, that she also wasn't getting stepped on, which was kind yeah. of um, another thing that, that played out differently through different drafts because I didn't want anyone at the end to be like, oh, yeah, she's loyal, but she's kind of stupid, isn't she? Like, mm-hmm. she put up with a lot that nobody would humanly put up with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, so it really was this balancing act of trying to find the difference between being loyal and being blind to Loki's faults. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> fidelity is, is such an interesting concept because when I was reading your book and I was turning over the concept in my head, you know, watching her character arc and progression, I was like, it, it's actually m- more subtle and almost more badass than chaos because chaos puts all its cards on the table. Fidelity is simply, it's a choice to be true, but it's up to the character to reveal what you're being true to. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I just really enjoyed that. And yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, that was like another thing I'd like to kind of segue into is uh, another thing like that I also appreciate about your book was how, you know, you put Loki in a more domestic role in the household. And I was just kind of curious, like what inspired you to show like this side of, you know, his chaos, basically. Oh, okay, wait, 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 wait. I didn't. Okay, so you, we all got a copy of the arc. And I have to confess, I didn't get as far as I wanted to because of just so much. Do you mean Loki? Do you mean Loki's doing housework? Yes. Like, is he like mopping the floor, cooking dinner, doing dishes, scrubbing the toilet? Take care of the baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (gasps) Oh my God, that's so awesome. (laughs) So, I have a question. (laughs) I'm picturing Loki in an apron doing the dishes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Book two, I've definitely, there's an apron. There's an apron. Spoiler alert, there's an apron. That's I'm just going to awesome. ask this. Did your editor edit out the, the horse nappies? Oh, no. Sadly, I had to um, I, I had to make a lot of decisions that went, this book is already longer than it should be. <laughs> Do I include this cute thing that my critique partner is begging me for? <laughs> well, you so, should just release it as a director's cut. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Like the, that, the that's ans- it. The answer is always yes. Yes, the I mean, and also like, yes. like you know, he'd just be like naked with the apron. Like that's all he'd be wearing. Oh yeah, right. Oh totally. yeah, totally. <laughs> I actually went just to saying. a wine tasting in France like that. But yeah, another story for another oh, time. Oh god, <laughs> that's that's wild. <laughs> yeah, it was a Beaujolais Nouveau thing. Then, yeah. <laughs> Kate, did you knock over your pop filter again? No, that was. That was, was Pod Dog who accidentally, okay, <laughs> on his little asparagus long legs, knocked <laughs> over. Um, yeah, there, there's okay. a lot of construction material in my office right now. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, but, but yeah, it's so like yeah. I mean, I I just love how I kind of talk about this. They're so like, because like that's a very different you know role to like see him in. So like, what kind of like made you decide to uh, to do that? Once again, a combo of things. Mm-hmm. First of all, real life. I have <laughs> been in and watched 
other women be in positions where they are taking care of most of the household. Mm -hmm. And it's like just this 90-10 split where Mm -hmm. like rather than coming home and relaxing, they do everything and nobody appreciates it and and sure i can that sounds like whining but you know what every day the same thing Mm -hmm. it gets tiring so i was in a position at that point where i was feeling a little bit like i was taking on too much work and i was watching so many of my friends and my family members in the same position i was like you know what if loki is gender fluid and a shapeshifter Mm -hmm. and has spent time as a woman probably Loki has a better understanding of gender dynamics and how important it is to do the fucking dishes. <laughs> yes, Simple I as that. So. Yeah. There is no way that, that, that there was no laundry that had to be done on some secret mission. Like there, there's, there's gotta be some kind of deeper <laughs> cultural understanding that he's like, you know what? This sucks. Did you have to do it all the fucking time? Fuck this. Oh, I hope I can swear. Oh, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you fucking cannot say anything like that, you goddamn. <laughs> I, I believe Whoops. I introduced a, the first swear word in the first minute and a half of <laughs> the podcast. Oh, so I, fair enough. Not yeah, fair we, enough. you. <laughs> I think I said me. I didn't yeah. implicate you. <laughs> you just make bad puns about horses. I do. Okay. All right. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what were we discussing? Gender roles. <laughs> uh, so, you know what? I I think this is a good moment to take a deep breath uh, and say we'll be right back after this with questions and shit. Yay. <laughs> well- now return to the Drunk Mythology Gals for part two, questions and shit. So I see that we have uh, a lot of questions here, and I'm sure we have also more questions from what we were discussing, but <laughs> Jen kind of went a bit crazy here. I did! I, my questions are more uh, bigger picture, mm-hmm. and at the same time, a little more simplistic, because that's how my brain plays a role in this crazy... <laughs> trio of the three of us uh kate you said it i'm the one what the fuck girl i'm here to question everything when you guys go too far in the weeds so yep i wrote down i wrote down some (laughs) yes yes i wrote down some more simple questions yeah okay so um one question i i had written in my notes long further back was how did you guys meet Kat and, oh, and yeah. original yeah. Jen? I mean, I feel like Twitter. I mean, I I found you on Twitter because like I saw that you were writing this book and I'm like, oh my gosh, Sigan, definitely up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember being like on my yoga mat, stretching out and being like, oh, I'm getting a lot of notifications. And then there was like a, 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 yeah. a discussion on one of my, on my pinned post between you and me and someone else. And it just kept going yeah. for like 30 minutes. So yeah. that, that was it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That awesome. kind of went from there. So yep. very yep. cool. Very cool. Okay. So to my legit questions. So I'm curious what led you to writing in the first place. You mentioned in the intro that, You're already a, if I remember this correctly, a fantasy writer with a little bit of horror here and there. Yeah. And so I'm curious how that's played out up to this point. Um, Are you, you know, are you coming from a writing background or something like that? Or is this something that you just picked up completely randomly because you came from a completely different background? Like, for me, I'm Kate's been trying to coach me through writing something, but I'm an accountant. This is so <laughs> out of my zone. So I'm curious what your backstory is. I come from a family that has always had books on the bookshelf, and I wasn't really a writer until I was in my teens, and then discovered that like 
you could take characters that existed on like TV and write things about them and then do like self insert fanfic. So that was a thing that my friend and I were doing for like two years. And we just wrote, essentially we would take like a horror movie that came out and write like the grudge too, but with like all of our favorite characters. And then we just like systematically murder the ones that we didn't like. So oh, it was a really awesome. weird, nerdy thing. I love <laughs> but... it. <laughs> I mean, that's what writing's for, right? specifically. Yes. <laughs> People so, don't like, believe would... us when we say, don't piss off writers, we will murder you in our books. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, I mean, yes. from there, it was just like, um, I was also that nerdy kid who really enjoyed English class and writing essays and things like that. Okay. I eventually went into a public relations role. So I was doing some technical writing. Oh, my God. And we have to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I get, spoiler alert, I didn't get too far. It's a very like a lot of the public relations scene, at least in the city I was in, was like, it's who you know. And I didn't know anybody. So Aww. I just kind of like it's a skill that I have and I use often. But it's mm-hmm. not something I did like a couple internships and never really followed it too far it wasn't my passion Mm -hmm. okay but uh and then after that it was like at one point I realized that um author is a thing that you can just do yeah and it's not like you don't have to be born famous or something Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and then I I was like let's do that very cool (laughs) well you know yes I I just have to interject here because I I I see a very similar arc. Look at me using the actual writing terms uh, oh. between Kat's trajectory and my trajectory, because I you I went into public relations and I actually uh, was I did a whole career decade long career in high tech PR, and this was a long long time ago. Like I rode the dot com boom and bust and boom and bust back in. 98 to, you know, the early 2000s. And, uh, but what I'm saying really is that you go into a certain career because they're like, oh, we want writers. We want people who enjoy working with words. And then you actually go in and you do technical writing, you do public relations, and it's absolutely soul killing for your Uh creative side because- it's a completely different animal. And, um, you know, I just, I, I'm very familiar with, you know, going through that process and then being like, you know what, I'm going to go do something over here that's actually creative. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Very I cool. had gone into it hoping to transition into a nonprofit role. And I'd been Me kind too. of, I was, I was young and dumb and didn't really realize that I was going to have to like, you, you don't just jump into a nonprofit role right away. You have to kind of like, you know, take your work where you can get it. And, and do your time. Every, non, yeah. every nonprofit thing that I tried to do, they didn't have a money, the money to hire. So it was like unpaid internship and see you later. And Aww. so it was, um, <laughs> Like it was one of those things that that while I was figuring out that it wasn't the thing that I wanted to do with the rest of my life, it was also like I don't want to shill for Nike either. Ah, <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, yeah. so um, are you a plotter or a pantser? And Kate, you can do a better job than I can explaining what those two terms are because I'm sure a lot of our listeners might not know those terms. Okay, so this draws on my little writing instructor in bleh, writing instructor experience. Yep, you try Kate's saying that drinking. three times fast. <laughs> Say that three times fast. Anyway, uh, plotter versus pantser. A plotter is somebody who actually knows what their endpoint is and builds out an outline of steps and scenes and really sort of charts the course of where their characters are going. So if you've ever seen like one of those cartoon maps where, you know, you see the uh, little footsteps going across the map from starting point to destination, that is a plotter. A pantser is somebody who's like, hey, this is a cool premise. I'm going to write a story about it. And they just 
literally live in the moment and I don't understand them, but apparently it works for some people. <laughs> yes. So Kat, which category do you fall in? I am a bit of an amalgamation of the two, uh, more like a planter. Okay. Me too. During my first book, um, the first draft of the book was I took 0% seriously. So I just like pants my whole way through it, just, and it was absolute garbage. It is not what the book looks like now. Uh, Not a single scene. It was very garbage. Um, But I went. I decided, like, I'm not. I'm not going to go through this next time. So for the sequel, I was trying to plot every detail. Got nothing written, and it turns out the way that I have to do things is to get my big beats down, figure mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. that you know we're going from A to B to C, and like my themes. But the scenes themselves, I kind of have to know the direction and then write it to see what's going to happen in the scene detail to detail. I just can't Mm -hmm. see it without having experienced it. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So what happens if your characters are like, "Um, we're going to take the scene and not do what you said? Honestly, this is like a, a thing that I see people talking about that I have no comprehension of. I, they don't really live in my head in the same way that it appears they live in other people's heads. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just, get, I just tell them what to do. <laughs> Usually what happens is the they they lose voice or they lose motivation and then the scene stalls out. And that's as, as, as mm-hmm. much of their own uh, agency as they tend to get is they're like, I'm tired. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. I almost, I almost envy that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. My, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> my characters will not shut up at some times yeah. in my head. It's like, damn it, yeah. stop. For me, for me, they more just keep revealing things, and they don't stop revealing things. And it's like, ugh, damn it. Now I have to go and add this in there, or change that, and it's about the majority. <laughs> We've all seen the screenshot of your laptop with all the notes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, so, no, I haven't uh, seen that. You can forward that to me anytime. Yeah, like I have oh, a 20 I, I have a I have a 27-inch screen. And it's covered in sticky notes and they're two layers deep. Oh <laughs> no. Was, oh, sweet. And that was just for oh. like book for this third book. But most of them are deleted. I might have a few more popping up now. <laughs> oh. We need a but, So, I uh, have the deleted uh, clean, relatively clean screenshot. I'm going to need like the progression going. Oh yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. And yeah. Kat, I will send them to you. Oh, perfect. <laughs> it's bad. Show, show me the shame. <laughs> oh, it's happening. So this is your first novel. Um, what did you find was the hardest part of that whole process? Was it that first draft and realizing that? you know, you needed to come back and get those beats? Was that the heart or was there something else in there that you found really challenging? It was definitely to do with the plotting. Um, The book from first time I opened up the laptop to now is like a three to four year long process. Oh, good. I don't feel so bad. (laughs) Oh, no. Like book two is going to be so much faster because now I have more experience and I know what I'm doing and I know how to plot better. And also I wasn't starting off from like, I don't have a job and I'm bored. So let's write fan fiction. (laughs) That was what this started as. And I was just, I was like, I haven't written for years. Let's do this. And uh, that is a mistake if you end up taking it seriously later because it's rewrite after rewrite after rewrite and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to have done. It's There's a lot of experience sure. in it. But holy shit, if I could just cut like two years out of the process, this <laughs> would have been a whole different journey, you know? <laughs> yeah. I totally relate. Totally relate. Kate has been there through how many years now, Kate, with me? <laughs> All I'm saying is I had to use a spreadsheet to get the process through to you. <laughs> I needed the spreadsheet and it worked. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I even I like think... drew on I took an accounting 101 class to complete my master's like in public relations, literally accounting 101. I'm like and 
I am taking this pass fail. There is no way I am taking a math class (laughs) that requires me to actually get a grade. (laughs) But I remember I'm like, okay, so like, let's look at things like opportunity cost. And (laughs) you did. Yeah, exactly. And, (laughs) and the moment Jen did it, she's like, I get it now. Right. Yeah. But like, that's the hardest part with writing is just finding that process that works for you. Like, that's, I think why it always with the first book takes so long, like mine took over three years, you know, just it's finding that process. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's, Kate, it up. Kate and I figured out that my process, I have to plot from the end to the beginning. Hey, uh-huh. if it works. I have to plot backwards. Oh, gosh. That's, I, that's giving me anxiety. It's okay. I know where. <laughs> so it's, it, I guess it derives from the the pantser or is this a plotter? I know the end point. It's an accountant thing. <laughs> because you know where you want the numbers to end up. This is there you go. Yeah. You just yeah. have to figure out the <clears throat> legal the, way to make them get there. The debits mm-hmm. and the credits. Yeah. And I don't forget to amortization. To, yeah. Yeah. Depreciation. I'd really, I'd really like to see this um, turned into a method that we can share with the internet because you know the internet loves writing advice and all they give you is write every day. Yeah. And this is this yeah. sounds oh like it gosh. would be much better than that. Oh, screw we, that. We gave it a name. <laughs> We we totally gave the process a name, and it's called Solve for X. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> because X is the ending. Like, either – and it can be as simple as you want your characters to have a happy ending, or no. you want them to have a happy for now ending, or you want to fuck them over. Yeah. Yeah, those That's last two the are the only options. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I'm all for that because, yeah, what I'm working on now is, ooh, people are going to hate me if I don't get book three out fast. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she's Kate's who taught me to be ruthless to characters. And I'm, yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I was trying to teach you to be ruthless in life. <laughs> and it kind Which of just. I do aspire to that. Still. It transmigrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know but, my mom. She she asked me the other day. She's like, "Can you just let Loki have a good day?" No, no. Said, no, 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 no. Well, and, and there's there's and, no point. Well, and we'll, we'll you give know, him a moment, but then we yeah. have to take it away. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna quote one of my besties and mentors in writing, Kristen Lamb, who said, "Bad choices make good stories." Mm-hmm. Exactly. And yeah. yeah. As much as, you know, we as authors have the luxury of the moment of saying, well, if I were, if it was me, I would be a reasonable person. And here's the logical, unemotional, detached process I would go through to get to X. (laughs) And that's why we see a lot, I mean, maybe far too much, both in fan fiction and in self-publishing and even traditional publishing, might I say? Yeah, yeah. Of books that are basically wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And it's not even any challenge to get to the wish fulfillment. And it's clogging the algorithm. So just stop. Anyway, I'm going to stop here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to jump to my last question. You watched the Loki show, right? Because I uh-huh. think. You and Jen did like blog posts yeah. on I all read the them, whole series. And I was like, why is she not on 190 proof with us? <laughs> right? Right? Okay. So my question is, you cannot say Loki, Sylvie, or Mobius. But after those three, who was your favorite character on the show? I mean, were there other characters? Is that... Yeah, I was, was going to say. Were there other There's characters? only one. <laughs> There's Alligator Loki. Yay! Yay! You are now officially part of Team Loki Gator. <laughs> nice. I mean, like if if we were looking for like a legit answer, I could not even tell you because that's where all of my attention was. And then this little this little cutie alligator shows up and he just bites off a hand. And, right? You know, like, is that is that a tribute to Fenrir and Tyr? Probably is. Probably. Just 
asking for a friend <laughs> named Jen. I mean, original Jen. Yeah. yeah. Either one of us. I'm all about Jen. I you know. Are. I she know. loves Fenrir. But I'm <laughs> I'm just saying Loki Gator is you know, yeah. we need a spinoff. Uh, yeah. No, wait, because I have a real a- answer. Yeah, okay. okay. I have a real answer. It's Casey. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Casey. You still, <laughs> yep, you still get a seal of approval. <laughs> Good. You know what? I really feel like on the outs because otherwise, other than alligator Loki and Casey, like it would be like classic Loki, but no one seems to care about him. And he sacrificed himself. It's that it's outfit. Because it's, he's it's wearing outfit. spandex, tidy, whitey, tidy goldies. I think, I think that shows strength. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame him for his bad fashion choices. I'm just sitting here shaking life. my head. <laughs> <laughs> no. Cat. Back oh. the <laughs> Tiny goldies. Nobody wants to nothing, see that. There's nothing appealing about it. It just, it, it, it makes me want to wipe the whole character from my brain. But you, Jen, you have this, this like, this, this background knowledge about the actor that I've never seen this man in my life. <laughs> Right, so I, that might be coloring my uh, yeah. Feelings. You know, I, I I'm just gonna say, cat is on my wavelength. Yeah, I feel yeah. outnumbered. So proud. Now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been so winning. Fun. This has been so fun. So, Kate and Cat, you two are the ones with alcohol in your cups. Are you drunk? <laughs> I'm working on it. I was there at about 45 seconds in. Okay. <laughs> I was say, yeah, I mean, tell. yeah, yeah. I mean, let's put. I told Kat there's going to be easy. Like it's going to be an easy. No, then you throw in the word philosophy. I could have strangled you. <laughs> I love philosophy. It's fine. Right. It's fine. I, oh I my mean, goodness! I'm I love Kat. Now test. Oh, I love you. Right. <laughs> I I am enjoying testing my ability to say reasonable things about my book which i'm supposed to be marketing while drinking this sugary raspberry honey <laughs> juice and you know I it's mean, the sugar we'll that fucks you goes. up yes yeah. the sugar that fucks you yeah. up because i i yeah. i learned this i forget where and when and who but the sugar inhibits your liver from processing alcohol as fast as it should Wicked. So, yeah. So anytime you drink anything that has like a sugar mixer, yeah, it's going to yeah. go straight to your head. Although I'm just going to say this bullet bourbon is doing a fine job on its own. Anyway. Well, and, I, well, and, and, and thank you, Professor Kate, for that. Did you, did you know about welcome. that? I, I chose to, to uh, pair this like very sugary mead with an entire bag of M&M's, so I should be good to go. Oh, damn. I cannot wait for the Patreon. Oh, yeah. Oh, this, this is, is going to be great. Because you know what? We've got Cat Rector for the Patreon episode this week. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be a reading. It is. Yay. So I chose if- the worst one. If, if, Meaning it's the best one. If you Doesn't. enjoyed uh, Other Gen Witch episodes, it was like uh, 11 and something something where we did readings with Jen. Mm-hmm. It was Thor crossing the rivers and then the... Uh, Alokazana. I'm looking, I'm looking, yes. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Silence it- or I will hit you with my hammer. I think it's uh, episode 12. Yeah. Good old okay. fashioned river roast. Yep, that's and then it. fourteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So twelve and fourteen. Yeah, you should <laughs> listen to twelve and fourteen. And if you enjoy those, then you're definitely going to enjoy this Patreon. And I'm just calling yeah. dibs on any Thor lines. Thor's <laughs> not in this one. Uh-huh. God damn it! <laughs> but but you Sad. can have your choice of Loki and some random guys that are really angry. <laughs> Give her the angry guys. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna fitting. say, you know which one I'm gonna be. I think I think Kat has to be Loki in this one. So anyway. Yeah. Okay. Oh no. So we'll, we're going to uh post a little excerpt from the Patreon. Uh it's gonna be a trailer. So if you enjoy it, 
join our Patreon. And next week is going to be a Greek myth, and I haven't decided which one. You guys have Shame. any opinions? Uh, Ideas? Kat, do you I, know I, any Greek myths you'd like to have retold? I'll do next week in honor of you. Oh, put me on the spot. (laughs) Or I can bail you out if you don't have anything. Okay, the first thing that comes to mind uh, that is related to this is the whole Medusa thing, but did you do that yet? Oh, we haven't done Medusa Mm, yet. Interesting that you mentioned that because we actually did talk about Medusa with our friend Gilly over at Telltale and he dropped that episode today as we are recording this. Mm-hmm. It so is it's a week taking, old by the time you hear this. Yeah, so it's go taking some time to propagate out into the listening platforms, but he uploaded it and it should be going live over on. And as soon as we can get a link, um, as soon as it propagates, we'll start posting links mm-hmm. on our yes. socials. Yeah. Okay. So next week, I will tell you the story of Medusa and you will learn the meaning of soft boiled motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) So in the meantime, subscribe yourselves to our social media scrolls. And uh, I think we're going to have to add Kat to each one of these. So for the Drunk Mythology Gals on Instagram is at Drunk Mythology Gals. And Kat, what's your Instagram? My Instagram is Kat underscore Rector. Awesome. And then also on Twitter at Drunk Myth Gals. And Kat, how about also, your Twitter? Also, Cat underscore rector. Oh, I love consistent. consistency. It suits my OCD. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can go three for three here on Facebook at Drunk Mythology Gals, where I finally got back on the rails posting this week. Yay, you're, me. You're assuming there are rails. Jen keeps trying to say there are rails. I know. <laughs> I'm just going with it. <laughs> so, Cat, do you have a Facebook profile i mean i have a facebook profile i do not have a public facebook for marketing fuck facebook yeah (laughs) well you know what you are welcome to come and shit post on jen's facebook uh bring it bring it i need need interactions (laughs) there you go we do have a website but fuck that drunkmythologygals.com and cat your website <laughs> is catrector.com. Woohoo! God help me if I can't spell rector, but. <laughs> and uh, then we also have Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash drunk mythology gals. I don't know if you have a Patreon. I, I, I do not currently have a place no. where I, you can subscribe to get more things out of me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but you know, like exhausting. But, yes. but you know what? Like, <laughs> You're going to be on our Patreon. So if you want more Cat Rector, and if you want to hear her uh, doing a reading with us, because yeah. you know how our readings go, go to our <laughs> Patreon. Yes. Yeah. This so, is only going to devolve more for me as we go. So <laughs> join in. <laughs> and then we still beg for emails to test if I'm actually checking the email account. And that would be drunkmythologygals at gmail.com. Bring it on. Cat, yeah, do you have a Gmail? Yeah. Uh, it is um, shockingly catrector at gmail.com. No underscore. But there's no underscore. I, yeah. I feel no, okay, betrayed. This was my original email before I was doing anything with my life. So, oh, okay. And I'm too cheap to get an email through my website. Right? Well, if you listen, I will get a cat underscore rector at website <laughs> name email if you buy my book. How about that? Okay. You there fund, you go. Fund my yearly subscription and we'll talk. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, that's so, awesome. We want to say thank you so much to Kat for joining us this week and actually putting up with us for yes. an entire <laughs> hour. It's Our been a blast. Though, even though we guess. said it was only going to be 45 minutes, but it's really whatever. 
No. They lie, just like the gods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is this has really been I I adore talking about writing and I adore talking about mythology. So from my perspective, this has been a fabulous mm-hmm. episode. I know oh, about yeah. y'all. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh, Had yeah. a great time. <laughs> oh yes. And yes. that was the sound of a cork. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh. Doing, doing the same. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, okay. Yeah. And a second, as always, special thanks to Sound Effects Kim for putting the top spin on our sound, especially all of our Odin references. Hey, guy, <laughs> we love you. Hey, look, it actually went smoothly, though. Right? Like, so. Oh, fuck you. You just know. You, you haven't no, no, reviewed no, no, no. the file. I yeah, you know, and, and you, I didn't say anything negative. I'm still I'm still praise you, Odin. So I, yes, you know, it, if you listen to my mother, bless her, because by the time this episode drops, it's gonna be her birthday. Yeah. Yay! Happy birthday! That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> and and she has the uh, gift of Slavic, uh, old world second sight, and she's like. Just don't say anything like that. Just just don't tempt them. Don't say anything. Just put your head down and row. Cue the vocal boat song, Kim. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so thank you again to everybody who listened to us and stayed with us to this point. Uh, please subscribe, leave a rating or review, and tell your friends and family about us, especially if they've ever been to Belgium, uh, eaten at the Quick, <laughs> uh, or you know, thought about uh, feminist retellings of mythology. Mm-hmm. Finally, always remember: if the gods behave badly, then so can you. 